Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Woe So Daily. I am Joey. With me again is John, also known as High Octane from the Scuff Discord, to break down all the action of the previous day's Women's World Cup and preview the day to come. We had three games yesterday, or it's kind of, it's weird saying yesterday. It was like in the middle of the night for me on the East Coast. Um, We started with Sweden and South Africa, and I think conventional wisdom was that Sweden, uh, the uh, runners-up in the Olympics and the third place in the last World Cup, would come out here and dominate a South African team. That is true. They did dominate, and yet South Africa actually jumped ahead 1-0 just after halftime. But Rolfo clawed a goal back in the 65th, and Eilstead got the winner on 90 minutes. So, heartbreak for the South Africans. Sweden escapes with all three points. Octane, how are you doing, and what were your thoughts on this game? Doing good, actually. Uh, stayed up for this one over in the, the mountain time zone. This one was somewhat reasonable for Saturday. Started at 11. So, yeah, I watched the whole thing. South Africa, uh, they came to play. They, they they showed up, and I mean, from from the very beginning, I mean, it was, you know, Sweden dominating the ball. I mean, people probably would identify with this, uh, Sweden dominating the ball and not creating a ton of good chances. Uh, sound familiar here with uh, WNT fans, you know? Uh, but they really... South Africa was hitting them on the counter constantly. Catalana, just like we said in our preview, was looking very dangerous from uh, from the very beginning. And they came to play for sure, got the first goal. We're looking good. Unfortunately, that goal uh, came with a Pulisic-style push-your-body-on-the-line and then uh, be unable to continue. Uh, so that really took South Africa down after... Uh, the the goal scorer went out. It was it uh, Magia, I think is how you say that. Anyway, uh, they uh, really didn't look as dangerous after she went out, uh, which was really unfortunate. And then, of course, the heartbreaking 90th minute header. It was actually kind of funny listening on the broadcast. They were just constantly saying what Sweden isn't doing is uh, not putting in enough crosses. Again, I'm sitting there as a uh, U.S. fan being like, oh, wow, if, our, if we'd said this about our team, everyone would be furious. Uh, but that is what ended up leading to the goal. So sometimes, you know, route route one is the way to go, and uh, that, that was basically how uh, how they came back and and ended up stealing it at the end. It would have been, according to the broadcast, at least the biggest upset in women's World Cup history, at least by ranking. So we just missed. It was a heartbreaker. Almost, almost. Uh, Sofa score has ten for thirty one on crosses yeah. from Sweden, including thirteen corners. So that's. That's plenty enough, in my opinion. <laughs> I, I thought so too, but I mean, the the halftime Heather O'Reilly was saying, "Give me more crosses." Second half, the whole broadcast are saying, "Why are they crossing it enough?" And I'm just sitting there, like, there, there are better ways. There really are, but you know, they they went to it and they they found a way. Yeah, they just barely found a way, but Sweden will take three points and go to the top of Group G with Argentina and Italy still to play. South Africa, unfortunately, almost pulled off the upset, but they opened their World Cup with a loss. Uh, Valiant effort, though, from them. We can move on to the second game, and this is a game that is of uh, much importance to the United States. Netherlands and Portugal, the two teams that the U.S. has yet to play in the group stage, battled it out. And Greg Velasquez was saying yesterday he wanted to see Netherlands come out flying, high attacking team. They controlled the run of play, I would say. But only got a one-goal win, a 1-0 win over Portugal, uh, an early goal in the first half. Vandergrat uh, was awarded uh, VAR, or it was initially chalked off due to offsides, and VAR 
awarded it, and that was the only score of the game in the end. Octane, what are your thoughts on this game? Do you think that this Netherlands team lived up to the hype and kind of the excitement that was put around, uh, you know, even without Miedema, this still, you know, very dynamic attack? Yeah, I mean, they did kind of what we expected. Portugal, this is also what they do, I guess you could say. This is, like, they just tied England 0-0. They're very good at, at sitting back and absorbing um, and then trying to get it to one of their many Silvas uh, on the counter. Jessica Silva, Silva former uh, NWSLer, up there. But they just uh, are very good at this this sort of game, and it's going to be frustrating when uh, the U.S. plays them as well. But, yeah, I mean, Netherlands, I think, controlled most of it. Uh, they never, I don't think they really uh, looked like they were going to I think, I believe, uh, Portugal only ended up with one shot on target, even. Uh, so, like I said, Netherlands was pretty much in control. I wouldn't say they looked, you know, this wasn't a one-way traffic sort of situation where they were just peppering the goal to- constantly, but, I mean, like I said, they were they were in control, as far as I can see. Yeah, only 56% possession, but obviously possession doesn't tell the whole story in these games. Um, definitely had the lion's share of the uh, chances. Um, what would you say about Portugal as it pertains? Um, they will play the United States on the last match day of the group. Hopefully the U.S. can get the points necessary against Netherlands to already qualify and maybe even go through in first place. But do you think this Portugal side could cause problems? Because it seems like they did to the Netherlands what Vietnam tried to do to the United States. And in all fairness to Vietnam, it worked a little bit. Yeah, and again, Portugal—they did it to to England not too long ago. They they are definitely capable of that, and uh, like I said, they do have good players up top as well. So it only takes one, you know. As uh, we're going to talk about probably in the next game, uh, you know, upsets can definitely happen. And just when you think like, oh, we'll just come out and, and dominate the ball, and dominate that team, and, and get our goal and be done with it. That's kind of how you know, this game went. Is the Netherlands got that goal early, and anytime you get that goal early, it just it makes things infinitely easier. But when you don't, again, as we we'll see in the just continuously. Te- Using the uh, France Jamaica game here, but as we'll see in the France Jamaica game, uh, if you don't get that goal early, it just gets more and more frustrating, and that is definitely something we could run into with them. Yeah, hopefully for our case uh, or for our sake, we don't. But you know, it, it, like you said, a hundred percent, it could happen. We can move on to that game that you uh, briefly touched on there, France and Jamaica. The French kind of sorted out some of their problems with their Fed, and so they were coming in here fielding a very strong side, very similar to the side that the U.S. knocked out in the last World Cup's quarterfinals with some changes. But you still have Diani, Les Sommer, uh Wendy Reynard in the back, um, uh, Amel Majri. So you still have, I mean, some of the best players in all of women's soccer on this French team against a, a Jamaica team that were the underdogs and they took up that challenge they defended their hearts out and escaped with a 0-0 draw. So even though France peppered, it on, peppered chances, piled on the pressure, 72% possession, 14 shots, Jamaica was able to hold firm and gets a point to open up their World Cup. I guess this is, like you said, Octane, an upset in ways, even though Jamaica didn't win. This is certainly not what we expected. We expected France to win this game. And even though they showed that they were a strong side, they weren't able to get their goal. So what did you see in this one? 
Yeah, this is, I would say, you know, the first big, I guess New Zealand winning was was sort of an upset as well, but that, this is the, the biggest shock so far, I would say, is definitely Jamaica getting a point. Not that Jamaica, again, doesn't have good players. Uh, unfortunately, I think uh, the big thing in the game that everyone's going to be talking about for the most part is the, the second yellow slash red card on Bunny Shaw on uh, an absolute sell job, in my opinion, by Wendy Renard. I think there was contact, but Wendy Renard did the uh, classic, as you'd expect, honestly, from one of the greatest women's players of all time, maybe the most successful club player in the history of soccer, uh, Wendy Renard. Uh, absolutely sold it. Uh, got the second yellow on Bunny Shaw. She was uh, given the red card and obviously would miss the next game. Apparently, a second yellow is not reviewable. Uh, there was lots of discussion about that because it was not a straight red. It was not reviewable, but the replay did not show a ton of contact. Uh, there was a lot of Again, controversy like should Bunny Shaw have even been going in there on a challenge? And you know, if in my opinion, it's a zero zero game in the 90th minute, I was in stoppage time, even it's a zero zero game in stoppage time. Yeah, she should be going in there. Jamaica has a chance, they're already getting a point, they have a chance for more. Why not? Um, but again, as you'd expect, Wendy Renard, veteran that she is, uh, sold the yellow, got uh, Bunny Shaw thrown out, and uh, that's going to be tough for Jamaica going forward for store. Yeah, for sure. I, it was 100% a sell job. I, there was very minimal contact, certainly not enough for me to give that second yellow. But no, a second yellow is not reviewable, unfortunately. That's something that I I understand why it's not. That's a, a conversation for another day. But Right, um, just throw, throw it on the pile of officiating uh, questionable things in, in this World Cup so far. I guess this one was going the other way. They actually gave a card when every other game we would watch. We're like, how are they not giving cards for this? Right, exactly. <laughs> in the U.S. game, that probably wouldn't have even been a foul. Like, no, it, absolutely not. That does play on. And that's why I could not understand people blaming Shaw for going in there. I was like, no, give it, this is the World Cup. And again, it's a 0-0 game. And again, you're playing France. Why are you not giving right. it all? <laughs> Yeah, that as a soccer player, you're supposed to go in for that challenge. Yep. Like for that's sure. yeah, all of your DNA is to go in there. Um, but France, Jamaica draw one one in the opening game in Group F, and for Jamaica, it's definitely a great result. Bunny Shaw will be a massive loss for them, but they do play Panama next. So if they're able to get one or three points against Panama and get Shaw back. It sets up a, a great opportunity for them to advance. Uh, so, shout out to the Reggae Girls for what they were able to do in this game. And here's hoping for our CONCACAF brethren that they're able to grab some more points as this World Cup goes on and make a upset run, hopefully, to the knockouts. Yeah, we and on that other side, if, if France plays that way again against Brazil, I don't think it's going to be 0 0. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure, for sure. Uh, and we'll get to Brazil in just a second. Uh, sure. We'll start chronologically, though. Italy plays Argentina at 2 a.m. on the East Coast. These are two teams that ha have been developing into the uh, women's game, but are in a group with Sweden and South Africa. So it's likely that only one of those two teams will get out. This could be a game to decide who takes second place in that group. So Octane, what do you see uh, coming into this for these two sides? Um, this one, I think actually could be uh, prime for an upset. I think Italy, again, getting there, definitely uh, improving vitally from where they were. I believe this past season was their first fully professional season for Serie A, where most of these players are based. Um, they're definitely getting there, but uh, yeah, I like Argentina. I want to see them. I want to see them do it. I want to see uh, Argentina take all three here and get the upset, and hopefully have the inside track to advancing. 
Yeah, it would be cool to see, especially for, you know, this Argentina side. Uh, right. For Italy, you know, like you said, their first professional season, uh, full women's professional season, which is a disgrace, right, if we're talking about, you know. Just <laughs> Most definitely. In terms of soccering nations, they're one of the big five in Europe for you not to have a professional season before this year is, I, I mean, another disgrace to the women's game. But hopefully Argentina can, you know, make a little magic and – hopefully advance out of this group. Italy will have something to say about that, though. And obviously South Africa, who played Sweden tough, could as well. But this is most likely the game to decide who advances out of Group G alongside Sweden. We can move to the next game, and here's another one of those Blue Bloods, a team that always shows up, and you expect to perform very well and advance very far on the world stage. It's Germany taking on Morocco at 4.30 a.m. on the East. All eyes will be on this Germany team to see what they're able to do. The runners-up in the last Women's European Championship. So I think, Octane, the pressure is on Germany not only to win this game, but to put on a show because bigger things are expected for this team as we move forward in this tournament. Oh, definitely. Yeah, Germany, I would say, is one of, obviously, I mean, look at the betting lines. I think one of three favorites. They might be fourth uh, on the actual betting lines. But either way, you know, this is Germany. They they won two World Cups in a row before we did. Uh, they're definitely expected to uh, to perform here. And uh, I believe Oberdorf has, is out. I mean, I think I saw an update like three or four days ago that she most likely wasn't going to play in their first match. But uh, yeah, we do not know what to expect from Germany when she does not play. She is there. Uh, if anyone's unfamiliar, she is pretty much their Julie Ertz, like prime Julie Ertz sort of defensive midfielder, uh, absolutely can do it all, is everywhere, breaking everything up. And uh, yeah, we saw what Zambia could do to them uh, when she was not playing. So it's definitely a question of, is Germany vulnerable if they don't have that stopper in the midfield, which it sounds like at least for the first game, hopefully just the first game, uh, they don't. So I am kind of interested to see if uh, Morocco can can pull something here. Uh, I don't. I'm not confident in that, uh, but I'm, I'm hoping so. I know that their uh, forward, um, Brazil, I am uh, is a Tottenham player. So hopefully, uh, she's going to be doing the same sorts of things that uh, Barbara Bono was doing. Uh, there on the counter and uh it's it's possible germany is vulnerable here without their, their heart and soul in the midfield yeah besides oberdorf in this game who were, who are you watching to be a standout for germany oh i mean pop is is one of the most fun players to watch always just absolutely dunking on people jumping over you going through you absolute uh terror at the forward position um plays for wolfsburg you know probably the second most successful uh women's club team of all time um but yeah just a super fun player to watch uh and you will see her she will she will pop on the screen uh you could say so absolutely focus on pop and uh hopefully Oberdorf can get back as well and get this team to full strength I like what you did there. Um, <laughs> set, uh, we can move on. Uh, we will see what Germany can do, but the expectations are on them to make a deep run in this tournament. One of only a few teams that those expectations are so kind of firmly entrenched. And another one of those teams uh, kicks off at 7 o'clock Eastern against Panama, and that's Brazil. Marta and her last dance. Maybe they can make a documentary about her too. But oh, this, cool. this Brazil team is... I mean, just completely stacked. And uh, I th- think it was Ryan was talking about also just the amount of NWSL talent on this 
Brazil team between Marta, Dabinha, I mean, the list goes on, Rafael, Bruninha. So for the for this team, what do you think it's going to take, Octane, for them to kind of live up to the expectations that a lot of uh, Woso sickos are putting on to surprise the betting lines and be one of those top-tier teams in this competition? Yeah, I mean, they just need to to play as we know that they can. They have all of the attacking talent in the world. You know, Caroline also coming in there from uh, in the BSL, just one of the fastest players you'll see in this tournament. Just get them the ball and get them in space is really the the Brazil plan and, and strategy. And it'll be on at a half decent time, 7 a.m. Eastern. So watch with your morning coffee. But if you want to watch just fun players doing fun, coffee things, tune into Brazil. And I think that you will be, uh, you'll be satisfied with that decision. Uh, they, just need to, to get all of this talent working in unison, and they're going to be tough for anyone to beat because there's not a lot of teams that have this, these sort of attackers on their team uh, that, that can match Brazil step for step at all, including Panama. And what would you say about Panama? You know, uh, the underdog in this group, an underdog even in on CONCACAF, uh, CONCACAF level to advance to this point. What can you say about Panama and their journey to this competition? Yeah, so they are really uh, building from the ground up here. Uh, I think uh, people who watched some uh, CONCACAF Ws in the past or just uh, CONCACAF competition in the past will remember their uh, goalie, who I believe is a converted midfielder, uh, started playing goalie just like a few years ago, and now is just the starting goalie at the World Cup. So obviously, you know, good for them. I mean, they're making progress. But, you know, when you're starting from that point, obviously you're starting from a lot lower position than Brazil with their uh, Norta and the merry band of uh, terrifying attackers. But yeah, I mean, I, I hope Panama can put in a good shift here. I think that they obviously we know what they're going to try and do, and that is sit back and and absorb and not let any goals in, just like we saw several Vietnam and everyone else uh, sort of you know still growing into into their World Cup positions. But uh, I think Panama can put in a good shift, but I don't I don't see them having enough to to stop Brazil for ninety minutes. Yeah, neither do I though. I'm hoping that they can, not only because they're a CONCACAF team, but just as an underdog, as this kind of developing nation for women's soccer, to get a result against Brazil or any of these other teams at a World Cup would just, I think, do massive amounts um, for just the soccer culture um, in Panama, uh, a country that we know on the men's side is very much established, made their first World Cup in 2018 now it's the women's turn to do the job against you know brazil if they're able to stick it out and defend like you said for 90 minutes uh, they're, they're going to be in for a treat but that's going to do it for another day of action we will see what all these teams including like we mentioned germany and brazil uh two favorites are able to do in this next round of matches but thank you octane for uh humoring me for jumping on the pod for a second day in the in a row uh thank you listeners for listening hopefully you're able to enjoy this next day of action and the days ahead of the women's world cup well so daily we'll be back tomorrow but until then we'll see you